when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Today we are talking about how the magic is in the middle. You know, as a society, we are all about beginnings and endings. You know, I think about this. We were just in Finland last month. Several of you know that. I'm 100% Finn. We have a cabin there in um, in Finland. My mom had uh, was born in this one area of Finland, this little tiny town called Polanka. And uh, there was nine brothers and sisters. In fact, there was 11, but two died, um, one in infancy and one when, when, it, when he was three. So there's nine surviving siblings. And when my mom's dad died, she he left uh, land or money, and the money wasn't very much. It was about 250 bucks to his kids. And nearly all of the kids took the land. That time, it wasn't valuable at all. And so around this one part of the lake is either a house or a cabin, and it's all relatives. It's just a compound of I'm related to everyone. In fact, we took my four-year-old there. This was her second trip, but the first one she could remember, and uh, (laughs) she was just amazed because every person she met, she was literally uh, related to. So we were in Finland. We try to go every other year, if not every year, and we were there for three weeks. But I was reading some research about vacations. And what I was reading is that what they found in terms of level of happiness is that people are happiest not when on the vacation, but in anticipation of and while planning the vacation. And I think that's true. I mean, even in our experience, we decided at the last minute to go. We weren't going to go. Then I found some great tickets. Uh, one of my clients was able to move. I also had a very sick uncle that I would, was really trying to get out there to see. And we decided we would surprise my parents who were already there and lamenting the fact that they were going to be gone from their granddaughter for 10 weeks. And so just planning that whole surprise and not telling them, I absolutely can see what the researchers found that, you know, that anticipation, but it just falls into this idea that I want to talk about today about how we're all about beginnings and endings. I mean, think about when you went to or decided to go to law school the first time, and once you made that decision to go and you applied to all the different schools and you got accepted to the various schools and you finally picked one and that date is on the calendar. I mean, there might've been some dread there too, but that whole process, that anticipatory process, or when you were getting married and you're planning the whole wedding, we, we tend to think a lot or anticipate or, or really hold up in our society beginnings. We also think a lot about when to begin things. If you've actually read the book, When by Daniel Pink, it's a great book. I highly recommend it. I mean, just it's just a wonderful read uh, about when we do things and when we should do things. He talks in that book about how most people run marathons at age 29, 39, 49. Most people start uh, diets on Mondays or the first of the month. We're very big on not only beginnings, but when to begin. 
We're also, as a society, hold up endings as a big deal. I mean, think about this in terms of results. When you're losing weight, what you want to do is get to goal weight. That's the big thing. Or if you have a savings goal, it's once I get that amount of money, then I've made my goal. Or like getting married, once I get married, then I've made my goal or land my job. Or for you guys and gals, once I win trial, that's the ultimate goal. No one seems to pay attention, in our society at least, to the middle, the place between the beginning and the end. And I really want to bring home the idea today that the magic is in the middle of whatever journey you are on, but only if you give yourself over to it. I mean, let's think about this for a minute. How often do we try and reach our goal by starting and quitting and starting and quitting and starting and quitting? I mean, which is really when you think about it, beginnings and endings and beginnings and endings. Think about dieting. That's a great idea. And those of you who've been listening to me for the last couple of months know that I have been on a journey. Uh, I've been saying I've lost near 20 pounds and now I am over the 20 pound mark. So congratulations to me. And so this is very close to my heart because it's something I've been going through. But if you think about this in terms of dieting, which most people can relate to on some level, you either dieted yourself or you've watched someone close to you go through diets, is that there's this definite start-stop pattern with diets. Because anyone who's trying to lose weight will go on a diet, whether that's keto or paleo or back in the day, South Beach or man, I'm dating myself. What else? Um, uh, What's that one with all you eat is like meat and butter? Atkins? Is that what I'm thinking? Whatever it may be. And and they never work because the diet assumes that on Monday or the first of the month, you are going to suddenly morph into a totally different person and be able to eat in this completely different way. And of course, that doesn't work for anyone. So they try it for 7, 10, 14 days and then they're off the diet. And instead of learning about themselves, they quit and think, well, it must be the wrong diet. Let me try another one. This is what I'm talking about, people. We do this with trial as well. You get into the situation where you are so focused on the end. You're so focused on winning. Winning is the only acceptable outcome. And so you miss the magic in the middle. Meaning if you win, that's great. But you don't learn a lot that way. I mean, you'll learn some. Don't get me wrong. Those of you who win, I see your posts on the listservs and and all the things that you learned. And I actually really, really love when I see that because I love when someone takes the time to post after they've won. And I particularly like when they post after they've lost all the things they've learned. But I'm telling you right now, you do not learn as much from your wins as you do from your losses, whether in trial or in life. I mean, talk to anybody you know, like Oprah, just get her on the phone. (laughs) I don't mean talk, but look at anyone like Oprah or Obama or any of the major people that we have out in our world that have quote unquote made it. None of those people will say to you, you know what? It was just like super easy all the way to the top. I never failed at anything. It was all good. I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast. It just doesn't 
exist that way. Everyone had to fail their way to the top. So yeah, you may focus on the end and win, but you sure don't learn a lot in that case. And on the flip side, if you lose and beat yourself up and refuse to look at the learning there, same thing. You also don't learn anything because you turn your mind off and beat yourself up and shame yourself into the ground until you either drink away or smoke away or whatever away it is, eat away the pain, and then you go on to the next trial and you've learned fucking nothing. The magic is in the middle. Listen, I could do keto or paleo and starve myself down to my goal weight, but I would have learned nothing. I will learn nothing in that process. And the minute that I start eating the way I really want to eat or I normally eat, the weight would come right back on. Because here's the thing, and I'm going to use the weight loss analogy throughout because I think it's just so apt, is that reaching my goal weight, making your goal of winning trial or saving a certain amount of money or landing a certain job, all of those things, don't get me wrong, will feel great when you achieve them, but it will totally and completely pale in comparison to what you learn and how you change along the way. And that is what most of you are missing. You are so focused on the end result and whatever that end result ends up being, winning or losing, you miss this magic that happens in the middle. For example, in my journey to my goal weight, I have learned so much about myself that I have never, ever learned anywhere else on any other diet because all other diets are revolving around trying to change what I eat instead of changing how I think. And I have to give another shout out to Corinne Crabtree, who is amazing. And this is why I am losing the weight for the first time in my life, because it's all about getting into your thought patterns. And what she has been able to do for me and hundreds, if not thousands of other women is to help us understand why we're eating in the first place and how shaming ourselves after we overeat doesn't work, which means I've learned how to be nice to myself. I've learned how to keep commitments to myself. I've learned how to not quit on myself. And that is the middle part. If I would starve myself down to my goal weight, I would not have learned how to do those things. And it's those very things that make the end result enjoyable. In fact, the end result pales in, in, in comparison to those things. That's the reason why I'm so happy. I am not at my goal weight. I'm, I'm not even halfway to my goal weight. But I am happier than I have ever been, not because the weight is coming off, but because I'm learning those things like how to love myself, how to show up even after I fail. If any of you've read, oh shoot, I'm going to, oh, Finish by John Acuff. Okay, the funniest book ever, but it is also about our addiction to perfectionism. And he talks about how the most important day is the day after perfect. I mean, think about that for a moment. The way that you act, the action that you take the day after perfect is what determines everything. What he's talking about is the magic in the middle, meaning when you set a goal, all is fine and good. That first seven days of your diet when you're like, mm, yeah, cabbage soup or whatever the hell you're doing, 
that is fine. But when it's on day eight and you're like, fuck this shit, I'm going to go get a hamburger. That is the day, or at least the day after that day, that determines the rest of your trajectory. Because it's on that day that most people say, oh, it's this diet is crazy. I can't do it. They blame everything else except for looking inward and learning about who they are and using that information to change their lives. It's so much easier to blame the process, to blame the thing. We lose at the trial and we go, well, it was because the judge didn't allow this evidence in or did allow that evidence in or whatever. I got the wrong jurors or, you know, the opposing counsel did this. It's so much easier to blame that and then just move on and not learn from being in the moment and really looking and teaching yourself how to adapt, how to be. You know, I had a client here the other day and he said, I'm just overwhelmed. And I said, then be overwhelmed. Stop running away from it. Isn't trial overwhelming? That's the skill you need to learn is how to be in it. And live in it and adapt in it so that you can be the best trial attorney in those moments instead of running away from them and and pointing your finger at everything else saying, that's the problem. I want you to turn toward the middle and be in it and not just be in it. Give yourself over to the magic in the middle. Because I'll tell you, at the end of the day, once you get your goal, whatever the hell that is, winning trial, uh, the, the savings, the, the, the goal weight, it is not going to feel as good as you think it's going to feel. There, there, this is the big lie, is that we think if I m- lose 90 pounds, if I win this trial, if I get my first eight-figure verdict, that's going to make me happy and that's going to solve my problems. It's not. It won't ever. You'll you will still feel that way. Talk to I keep saying talk to if you were to talk to the greats. And I know many of the quote unquote greats, if if not most of them, the great trial attorneys out there in the world today functioning as trial attorneys. And you ask them if all of their success at trial, all of their verdicts has made them happy. I'll tell you, a hundred percent of them would look you in the face and say, hell No, because that's as empty as shit. I'm not saying that you shouldn't want to win, as you've heard me say before. I'm not saying you shouldn't be hungry to become the best damn trial attorney that you can be. But what I am saying is that there is this emptiness, this promise that somehow when you get X number of verdicts that are over a million dollars or over $10 million, or if you get into such and such club or you get such and such award, if you win the next case, that that's going to make you feel better. It may temporarily, but what you've missed is all the learning, all the growth, all the opportunities to love yourself through some shitty ass times, to tell yourself That you continue to show up even when it hurts, that you're going to continue to try and learn and go to trial even when it fucking sucks. That's the place where happiness lives. And that's what I want you to really, really get today because I see so many of you striving so hard, you know, not seeing your family, barely spending any time on putting everything aside just for this one goal, thinking this is going to make the difference. It won't. You're missing what's going to make the difference, which is everything that happens between the beginning and the end.
I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> most beginnings and ends suck. I mean, yeah, finishing a marathon, the end of a marathon is great. The end of a bad movie, you know, good. We're glad it's over. But think about it. Most beginnings and endings suck. The end of your vacation, that sucks. The end of a great movie, ugh, awful. Starting a speech, even my speeches, that's the worst part is at the, at the beginning. I mean, I'm pretty good at this thing now, but it's still a little, you know, stilted and I'm getting the group formed and I'm getting warmed up. It's not till the middle of the speech that things get really, really good. I should say presentation. I rarely do speeches. I never do speeches. I mean, time with friends. Uh, that great time, sipping wine on the back deck on a summer evening. The best part is the actual sipping of the wine and the conversation. It's not when it ends or even when it begins. That's what I want you to remember today is that the magic is in the middle. The pot of gold that you think exists out there somewhere, your, your savior, your thing that's going to come and take you out of the misery does not exist. This is where it's at in the trenches, learning, growing, and adapting, and, and being your best advocate, sh showing up for yourself, having your own back, telling yourself how great you are as you navigate through this really tough career that you've chosen. That is where the magic is. The magic is in the middle. All right, we'll talk to you next week. See you then. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.